Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. <laughs> the speaker starts two hours into the service. Welcome to Bethel Austin. <laughs> Oh, come on. God is good. God can expand the time as well as the piggy bank. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> but really, I'm, I'm not planning on taking a, a lot extra time. I know the kids still got to get out. So it'll be short, but hopefully powerful. <clears throat> we serve a good God. Amen. And uh, heaven is more real than this earth. Amen. And, uh, you know, Kess was uh, making just powerful declarations at the end of, end of worship. Like, that prayer time was just was powerful. And uh, I saw something unique happening in the spirit. And when I got up and, and said, we just, we can't stop yet. Let's just keep going. And, and, I, and I just, um, I felt a breaker, breakthrough angel uh, was just being released off the back of our prayers. And the declarations that she was leading us in, and uh, and I believe that I believe in the reality of heaven. I just want to say that again, just because it feels good to say. I believe in the reality of heaven. I believe in God's kingdom. I believe in his nature. I believe in his goodness. I believe in his nearness. I believe that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I believe that he wants it to be on earth as it is in heaven. I believe that he wants to use his saints to invade earth with heaven. I believe that he's coming. And I believe that when he comes, he brings all of his goodness with him. And I believe that his world is a superior realm and that his realm causes this realm to line up and begin to look like his realm. We serve the king of kings. Thank you, Jesus. He's good. And we are called to get lost in his goodness. In fact, we are called to have our reality defined by his goodness. And we're called to have our reality defined by the secret place. And our reality defined in the secret place. Thank you, Jesus. The the reality of the heavenly realm is more real than the reality of this world. And this angel that I saw, like Kess, was up here and just leading this powerful realm of declaration. I was like, whoa, I've seen that angel before. And I've seen the transformation that it brings. And, and I think I shared this story from up here uh, quite a, a while ago. Maybe some of you have heard it. I don't have time to go into all the details because it would literally take more than the time that we have. Uh, but several years ago, uh, we were in uh, the, the center of, of the United States. We were in Nebraska, and uh, Eddie was on this trip. I'm not sure if Ben, Janessa, you guys were on that one. But, but we were on this trip doing ministry there and I arrived. I've been to Nebraska several times. It's the same same state where uh, the hospital clear the seven story tall hospital cleared out. Never mind. You haven't heard that one. Okay. Um, 
Different, different trip, though. So we're, we're there and brought a team uh, of people, revivalists, with us. And we just love to go there and just spread out all over the state. And, you know, we're, we're there doing supernatural, uh, you know, conferences. We're doing healing meetings. We're doing outreaches on the street. We're doing, you know, we're bringing the kingdom, doing the supernatural thing that God's given us to do. But when I arrived there, this particular trip, I, I arrived there and I get an email from our head intercessor back in Reading. And, uh, and this email says, I know, I realize you're just um, gone to Nebraska for a trip, but I feel like the Lord is saying you're there for more than you know. Okay. And then she goes into this thing I didn't, I didn't know anything about at the time. She says, there's, a, there's this thing called the safe haven law in Nebraska. And it literally means that you can deposit your children at any uh, public institution, a hospital, um, a police station, fire department. You can abandon your children, and the state, by law, has to take custody of your children up to 18 years of age. You can just unload your kids at any fire, fire station. Just be like, I'm done with you. Here, you take them. And they can't ask questions. They just take the kids. Up to eight, up to like, to, to the moment they turn 18. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> but how many people know that, that God's goodness is not defined by our craziness? It's actually the other way around. That when his peace comes, it brings alignment to the chaos. And so she sends me this email and literally I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm like, imagine getting that email. I'm like, that is awesome. I don't know what to do. And so I said, God, I don't know what to do, but you do. I just file this away in my heart. If there's anything you want us to do, lead us. Because we're there to do conferences, uh, activate people, and go take people on outreach. And, and she's talking about this state law. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. But God, you do. File it away. Well, fast forward, this is what I don't have time to go into. God takes us on the most insane, prophetic, three-day journey, four-day journey that I've ever been on. Like, everything had pr prophetic significance, everything tied in, angels showing up, fragrances showing up, crazy stuff happening. And it leads us to the point, this is through several different cities of the state, it leads us to the point in uh, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, over, I think it's called the, the Platte River that runs through the whole state. And we're up there with this angel that has this huge staff. And this angel is plumbing the staff up into the ground. And uh, Eddie's got this handkerchief that uh, he got from David, that David Hogan prayed over. It had this fragrance of oil, uh, anointing oil, frankincense and myrrh and spite on this handkerchief. Like thick. Like if he took it out in the room, like everyone in the room would, would begin to smell this fragrance. It was wild. But long story short, is we're up here praying and making declaration, and it felt like what was happening in worship tonight. And this angel took this staff, and the final thrust, when it, it was like it broke this invisible shelf. And when that thing broke, everyone in the circle fell out. And Eddie's handkerchief, it hit the ground, and when, it, and when, we, got, when we got up off the ground, we're like, what just happened? And he grabbed his handkerchief, and all of the fragrance and aroma was gone. The anointing went into the ground. 
Now, there, I, to tell the whole story of what happened, it would literally take two hours. But, but that happens, and we're like, wow, I feel like something just happened. <laughs> and then we get home. We get home, and the next day, somebody sends me the article. Have you seen this? The next day, in Nebraska, the news says uh, the state... The state just voted, and they reduced the safe haven law from 18 down to six months of age. Just, bam. Now listen, I, I, am, all, I am all for uh, being active in, in government and political realm. What I'm saying is we didn't sign petitions. We didn't hold a rally. We didn't, I didn't even know, none of that happened. We just followed the spirit of God and prayed in faith and grabbed a hold of a reality that is more real than the reality of this realm. And we grabbed a hold of it and something broke. Thank you, Jesus. The, the, our reality is meant to be defined in the secret place. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> when, when the secret place defines our internal reality, we have the ability to transform our external reality. I think I'll say that again. When the secret place defines our reality, when it becomes the definition, when it becomes the blueprint, when it becomes the backdrop, when it becomes the thing that I judge everything against because it is truth and everything has to line up with that, when that becomes my reality, then, I have, then I'm empowered to transform the world around me. That's when this world begins to line up to look like his world. Come on, thank you, Jesus. And can the secret place, it talks about it in Matthew 6, and we're going to be in, in Matthew 6 and, and Romans 12. The secret place, being with God. And just so we're clear, I'm talking about, I'm talking about being in prayer, I'm talking about being in worship, and I'm talking about being in the Word. Prayer, worship, and the word. They're all part of the secret place. Amen. And can I let you in on a really, a really, a really good piece of good news? A really good piece of good news. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Listen, this secret place isn't meant to be secret. As in, it's not, it, God's not hiding it from you. He's hiding it for you. We, we, we get in this, the secret place sounds like it's something that's hard to find. It's not. The door is standing wide open. And he's standing at the door and he's knocking. He's saying, come in. What is secret is once you get in, then you close the door and only you and God know what goes on inside. The entrance isn't secret. The inner chamber is secret. That God wants us in the secret place. He's making it accessible to us all the time. Guess what? When you open up your Bible, you just stepped into the secret place. <laughs> when, you, when you're at home alone and you start to pray, you just stepped into the secret place. 
And I could tell, I could feel it right now. There's people in the room. They're like, I don't know if I know what the secret place is. I don't know how to get there. And I'm telling you, you've been there all along. You've been there. You just didn't know it. It's you and God. Matthew 6. I'm going to go quick. I'm going to preach like an auctioneer. I couldn't. I couldn't. I'll buy it. <laughs> oh, nothing like good friends. Run with it. I couldn't. I couldn't preach like an auctioneer, even if I wanted to. But Matthew six, verse six. I'm gonna try and go quick. Matthew six six. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I'm going to read it one more time. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. <laughs> you know, there's an amazing key in here. People are like, I don't know how to get to the secret place. What well, tells you where the secret place is? It's at home. In your room. You've been there every day. <laughs> what makes it secret is not because that there's some secret password to get there. You got you to gotta pull out the right verse at the right time, the right moment, and only people who are walking in the office of the prophet know how to find it. No, it's your own bedroom. Or your office or your car or wherever you can get alone with God. <laughs> what makes it secret is when you go in there with the intention to connect with the Father and you close the door so it's not for the benefit of people to see what you're doing, but it's because you're in love with him. The secret place is meant to define our reality. That we are that we are supposed to leave our mark. We're supposed to leave God's mark on the world. We're supposed to transform the world wherever we go. <clears throat> Flip over to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, brethren, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is <clears throat> prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Verse 2 again. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many people have heard that verse before? How many people love that verse before? <clears throat> Don't be conformed to the world, but be, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That literally, that, that we are supposed to be transformation agents everywhere we go. That God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Calling this world to come back into alignment with his reality. That, that we are supposed to leave our mark, our stamp, God's stamp 
on the world through us. That we are, that we are called to have our mind renewed. So that we are transformed to line up with his reality. Guess where that happens? It happens in the word. It happens in prayer. And it happens in worship. It happens in the secret place. Don't be, don't be conformed to the reality of this world. Don't submit to it. Don't succumb to it. Don't come underneath it. Don't come into agreement with it. Don't line up with it. This is not your reality. Don't be conformed to this world. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what a really great season to ask yourself if you're being conformed to the world is? An election season? <laughs> do you know what another really good time to ask yourself if you're being conformed to the world is? Is a pandemic? <laughs> And if you just put the two of them together, then wow. <laughs> we just need heaven. <clears throat> but, but the point is this, that if you take time to ask yourself, and there's, there's, there's not much more of a truth-telling time than, than, than a, a election season, if I'm going to be real. It's one of the really telling times. Like, am I being swayed? Am I being pulled? Am I being distracted? Am I feeling distress? Am I feeling anxiety? Am I feeling where am I caught up in this bipartisan thing? Am I caught up in the confusion? Am I being conformed to the world? Huh. Or am I being transformed by the renewing of my mind? And because when you get into the secret place, what's supposed to happen is that, that, your, that your worldview, I don't just mean, uh, uh, I don't just mean the, the, the backdrop, I mean the foreground, I mean the foundation, I mean the DNA, I mean everything that you are is supposed to grow into alignment with what you see in secret. But the, but the question is, do we trust that reality? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. <laughs> the question is, do we trust that reality even more than we trust the reality that we see out here? Because when you do is when you're actually moving in faith and when you become a transformation agent. That's when you step into wherever your feet tread. He gives you the land because you're bringing change. I've been so marked here that I'm leaving my mark here. I've been so changed here that I'm now bringing change here. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Wow. And the reality is that it's open for everyone. God's inviting us 
He's inviting us to be marked by the reality of heaven. He's inviting us to be changed by his word. You know, that, that, you know the, the, the struggle for the church in the West is that, is that, we, that we, we get skimmed deep into the word. We spend a little bit of time in prayer. We, actually, we, we, we add that on to our already established foundation of reality. That's like putting tile walls on a grass hut and then calling it strong. Listen, the, the word isn't meant to supplement your reality. The word is meant to become our reality. You know, we, we can ask ourselves powerful questions, but sometimes it's just scary to ask. Do I trust this realm more than I trust this realm? It's a good question. And if you ask it with an honest and pure heart, it might send you on a journey that will change your life. Because sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is recognize that, no, I don't. In this moment or in this thing or in this area of my life, I don't trust this realm more than this realm, but there's the moment that I recognize that is the moment that I can repent from it and begin to seek change. Okay, God, I'm not there yet. Help me. <laughs> That's when the most powerful prayer in the universe rises up from inside that sounds like, help. <laughs> help, Jesus. I'm not there, but I know you can get me there. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> you know, it's funny, funny story. <laughs> I'm going to wrap here, but this will make sense in a minute. But Renee hates pickles. <laughs> my, wife, my wife hates pickles. I don't, mean, I don't mean just dislikes. I mean, she hates pickles. She hates them with a passion. She does, it's not just like she doesn't want them on her burger. It's she doesn't want them on her plate. Don't get them anywhere near her. Like, if, if pickles get on her plate, she's bound to send the whole thing back and be like, no. Like, I'm like, it's on the other side of your plate. And she's like, I don't care. It permeates everything. She's like, it just gets in. Like, everything. She's like, I can tell. I can... I can I could tell when I bite this sandwich that there was a pickle on that side of the plate. I'm like, I don't know how you tell that. I like pickles, but she hates pickles. Listen, if I eat a pickle, I'm not getting a good night kiss. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm like, I brushed my teeth. She's like, I don't care. I can still tell. <laughs> What's the point? The, the pickle permeates everything. That's the end of the message. Good night. <laughs> I do have a point. <laughs> I do have a point. <clears throat> that, <clears throat> that we are called to be baptized in Christ. That we are called to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and in fire. 
We all to be to be dead to our past life and raised into life in Christ Jesus. Baptized into God. But do you know the, the Greek, the Greek word baptismo, the first time it's it's found in written history is in a recipe for pickles. For pickling pickles. To be baptized. To be saturated. To be absorbed with something that changes your nature. <laughs> Todd Pentley on one of his word soaking CDs back in the day, he says, he says, I went, I went in a cucumber and I came out a dill. <laughs> Baptismo, to be saturated, to be submerged into something that changes your nature. That we, are, that we are called to be baptized into the presence of God. We're called to be submerged in the secret place, not so that it, it, be, it comes a subsidy or subsidizes our reality, but it changes our reality. Not that it's on the surface. Listen, it's not supposed to be makeup. It's supposed to be DNA. Listen, once, once that, that, that cucumber has been pickled, you can't get those, you can't make it a cucumber again. And, what, and what, it, what it's been saturated with permeates the whole plate. Listen, you can tell, you can tell what you've been saturated with. You can tell what you're being saturated with. You can tell what you're soaking in. You can tell what's feeding you. You can tell what you, what, you are, what you are saturating yourself in because whatever is saturating you is saturating your plate. Your, your plate will tell you. Where your reality lies. Last point. I'm going to make this the last point. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 tells us that these things, these three things will remain. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Amen. That, um, how many people know that, that in our Western society, we live in a society that is somewhat, in this realm, is somewhat ruled by, by the scientific method. By this thought process that says, prove it to me. And when you can prove it to me, then I will believe it's real. And the scientific method actually has a foundation in not just prove it to me, but it, but it gives validity to something when it, when it can't be unproven. Well, you take it so far that it's like, it's like that, that you can't create a scenario where 2 plus 2 doesn't equal 4. You can't create a scenario where that doesn't equal 4, so therefore it is true. But that's, that's the scientific method. But, but, but guess what? Love is an anomaly in a society of the scientific method. Because guess what? You can't prove love. You can't prove love, but everyone adheres or adopts the reality of love because it's such an ingrained experimental reality. 
He didn't get it. Listen, scientists, they grow up and they adopt the scientific method and they prove everything to me. But the problem is they've already experienced a whole culture, a whole reality of love from the time they were born. It's in the world around you. It's in when your mother holds you and you see your parents kiss and, you know, pe people walking down the street holding hands and it's in the movies and uh, every book. And it's like, like the love permeates our reality. It, it's become so real to them that it doesn't matter if they can prove it or not prove it because they've already accepted it. They're just like, well, you know, we'll prove everything else. But what if you subjected love to the scientific method? Like, aren't you glad that we're not in a society of arranged marriages? I'm trying. If it, was, if it just became a scientific formula, what's the point? The point is that there's a greater reality. There is validity in the experience that we are supposed to be marked by love in the secret place. That is a greater reality than what this Western world says prove or disprove. So I don't have to prove it to you because I have relationship with him. I don't need your approval. I need his. And when, I, and when I have his approval, when I'm walking in the secret place, things begin to change around. The scientific method, they want to they create a scenario in the lab where it happens the same way every time. And then it's, okay, that's factual. Well, guess what? The kingdom doesn't work that way. But I'm going to love him and experience so much of him till heaven invades earth in such a way that the experience rises to the point where you can no longer deny what's happening, the reality of this world. And it's like, I can't prove it, but I have to succumb to it anyway. I don't know if that went over as well as I'd hoped. <laughs> he, was faith, he who is faithful with little will be given much. He who is faithful with little will be given much. Thank you, Jesus. We think of that, <clears throat> we think of that reality in terms of provision and finances. But what if we can think of this in stewarding the reality of the kingdom? We can, we can chip away at this thing. Do I trust this realm more than this realm? I got a victory in this area. I'm going to chip away for more. Until I trust this realm in this area. And I'm going to keep chipping away for more. Because he who is faithful with little will be given much. <clears throat> it's a great season to ask ourselves, am I being conformed by the world? Or am I transforming the world? It's a great season. 
And I, this is my prayer. My prayer is that God expands our capacity. That he is faithful with little. That God would expand our capacity to be marked by the reality of the secret place. To be marked by the word. To be marked in worship. To be marked in prayer. That this reality so in, infects me that I'm not moved by this reality. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not worried about the political climate. I'll say that again. I'm not worried about the political climate. I'm not, I'm not worried. Listen, I, I have a stake. I'm praying. I'm invested in the outcome of the elections, but I'm not worried. Why? Because I've checked the weather. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not worried about what happens down here because I've looked at his face. All this fear and anxiety and nervousness. Oh, what's going on? It's so terrible. Guess what? The heavens aren't shaking when the earth shakes. It's the other way around. Come on, somebody. When the heavens shake, the earth shakes. When we're, when we're all anxiety going crazy, and I look at his face, and he's got perfect peace. He's not all caught off guard. He's not nervous. He's not scared. He's not scratching his head going, I don't know what to do next. And that becomes my reality. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And that reality releases the heavenly reality to transform the world around us. Can we ask God to expand our capacity tonight? If you want God to expand your capacity, can I ask you to stand to your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> well, uh, if we just have someone maybe come on the keys, <clears throat> we're going to wrap this pretty quick. I feel like th this is speaking to some people, some people in the room, you're just like, give me more. Just give me, just give me more. Let, make it more of a reality. And some people in the room are saying to themselves, I need to step into this reality. And either way, he's a faithful and good father. And the most powerful prayer we could pray is help. It's, it's a place of empowerment to recognize where we, where we aren't yet because then we can put our hand in his hand and ask him to take us there. I just want you to put your hand on your heart tonight and just ask him to expand your capacity. Just ask him to expand your capacity. to be marked by the secret place and to be marked in the secret place, to be marked by his word. Listen, if, it, if, it's, if it's been supplementing your reality, just recognize that right now and go, oh God, I'm sorry. Take me on a journey. Come on, something powerful happens when we get into this place, we trust that realm more than this realm.
Something powerful happens. When you walk out of your secret place door, it says, he who sees in secret will reward you openly. And I understand that some of the earliest, the earliest uh, translations didn't have that, the reward you openly part, but that plays out so true through all of scripture. It might as well be in there. Seek first the king, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Whoa, what's it look like when a whole company of people aren't swayed by the climate of this world? Because they know how to take the temperature. They know how to check the weather upstairs. They know how to go there continually again and again and again. They know how to be marked by his face. Just ask him right now. I'm going to give you 20 seconds. I just want you to pray your own prayer. Say, God, expand my capacity to be marked by you, to be marked by heaven, to be marked in the secret place. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe God is good, if you believe that he wants to invade earth with heaven and he wants to do it through you, can you just lift up some praise to Jesus right now tonight? Come on, lift up praise to Jesus in this place. We love you, Father. You're good. We thank you for marking us. Can I get the ministry team to come to the front? If you came for prayer tonight, if you have a need in your life, relationships, uh, finances, in your physical body, and you need some people who have already been marked from, by heaven, some people who are holding on to this reality that's greater than the reality of the world around us, they're going to be up here to pray for you. You're going to be able to come up and get ministry. Anyone else? Is Sandra here? If anyone else... Uh, needs to go you are released to go we just bless you tonight i just can we just lift up a shout of praise to jesus one more time we just praise you father in this place thank you jesus thank you jesus if you need to get your kids please go get your kids bring them back in we're just going to keep worshiping if you want prayer uh, the prayer team is available up at the front if you need to go be blessed as you go tonight have some great fellowship and uh, go get in the secret place and get marked by heaven we love you we bless you and we will see you next time in jesus name amen Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.